0: In this episode, we talk with Race Across America and Race Across the West finisher and winner of the legendary Furnace Creek 508 race, Adam Bickett from the USA. After getting into cycling and riding many centuries and double centuries, Adam entered road racing and made it to the CAT 2 USA cycling division and also participated in the collegiate national road championships. Later on he switched back to the ultras and made his way to a victory with an 8-person team in RAM, scored solo finishes at the world's toughest ultra races and added another victory in the Race Across the West 4-person team race. In the last years Adam reduced his training, focused on other aspects in life, but he wants to come back to cycling soon. My name is Christoph Strasser. I'm your host of today's Ultra Cycling Show. Let's roll! family, Welcome to another episode of Roadside with Christoph, which is a special edition of the Ultra Cycling Show, where I talk with amazing athletes from all around the world, just like we are chatting from our saddles. In today's episode, I'll be talking with Adam Bickett, who is a finisher of Race Across America and Race Across the West. Hello, Adam. How are you? Hey. Hi. Good. Good to see you, Christoph. Yeah, it's it's great to see you, and it's been a long time ago until uh, we've met in person um, before race across America and race across the West. And yeah, I hope you're. Yeah, well. I think
1: last time. Yeah, no, I'm doing I'm doing well. You know, I'm I'm not riding quite as much as you, I think. Um, but uh, I, I I hope to to change that. But yeah, I think last time we saw each other was in Borrego Springs uh, before uh, uh, Ram 15.
0: Yeah, that's true. Have you been Have you been riding today already a little bit or? I have not. It's still you know <laughs> around eight
1: a.m. So uh, you know I, I plan to. Uh, okay. uh, you know it's actually like summer weather here. It's
0: it even reached like
1: ninety degrees um, this past week, uh, Fahrenheit. So that's that's pretty yeah, perfect. warm for January.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we have a quite a um, cold winter here in austria um so oh, yeah. I do all my sessions on the indoor trainer at the moment and i hope to to go to outdoor riding um, in the next two weeks again okay very good okay um, adam we want to introduce you to our viewers maybe some viewers do not know you so we have a very special introduction for you we have prepared okay. a sprint round of questions i will tell you the first question and please keep your answers quite short And please introduce yourself to our viewers. Here is your first question.
1: Okay, um, I'm Adam Bickett. I'm a software engineer from uh, uh, San Diego. Um, Who am I in a nutshell? Um, I don't know. That's too hard for a short (laughs) answer. I'll think about that one and answer it
0: later. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) please just tell us uh, your age and where you are living.
1: Um, I am 37 and living in San Diego,
0: California. Perfect. Okay, so the second question is uh, maybe a bit easier. When did you begin with uh, riding your bike and and ultra cycling? Um, First
1: race would have been uh, the Davis 24 hour. The first 500 that I treat as a real ultra would be a Furnace Creek 508 and that was in uh, 2009. Okay, great.
0: Do you know how many bikes you own and do you have a bike sponsor?
1: I don't have a bike sponsor. Um, I've actually been clearing out bikes in my garage um, because I had too many, probably around 15. Um, I'm, uh, I just sold uh, my Ram TT bike uh, uh, and, uh, and have been giving away some of, some of the older
0: ones uh, that are not, not
1: worth selling. So,
0: um, yeah, probably about 10. <laughs> but that's that's many more than I have uh, oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> cool so the next question what about your training um so
1: right now it's probably like four or five hours um uh you know ideally it's about 20 hours if I'm actually racing and I, I do intend to race so I need to get that back up towards probably um 15 20 hours
0: and what was your training volume when you prepared for Race Across America?
1: Um, it was, it, it's tough to give an average because it was mostly long rides. It was mostly like weekend, uh, you know, three, 400 mile kind of adventure rides. Um, and during the week, you know, with, with a, a demanding job, I didn't, I didn't train as well as consistently as I wanted to.
0: Okay, so let's move on. The next question. What do you like more, tough, high intensity or endurance rides?
1: So I like both. Uh, it's if, if I have to pick one, I would honestly say intensity. Um, when I first got into racing, uh, it was actually crit racing, um, which is shorter sprint based races uh, for both collegiate and um, uh, the USA Cycling, um, USCF uh, in, in, in SoCal. Um, and, uh, uh, there was something so thrilling about, you know, a sprint win or setting up a sprint and, 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 and going for that. And I, you know, I, I enjoy intense efforts going for KOMs and stuff like this on, uh, on Strava.
0: So. Okay, cool. Yeah. The next one is about your motivation in training.
1: That's a good question. I think I need to find that motivation. It's why I'm only riding five <laughs> hours a week. Right. Um, I think it all comes down to the goal. Like, is that goal compelling enough? Do you believe in it? Are you doing something to, to follow it? Um, when I had Ram in my sights, before that it was Furnace Creek 508. Um, there are these, these rides take on this almost like mythical proportion. Um, the reality of it is it's not quite like that. It's really just a really long race, but if you give it that importance, then you can find that motivation. Um, and, and, I've had a lot of other things going on in my life in the last four or five years, Um, and so the motivation had been different. And the motivation is, um, you know, it's so important to be like one of your top priorities, if not the top priority, when you're actually going to race. So it just it it hasn't been like that, but it hasn't been bad. It's just something that if I'm going to race again and I want to, then um, uh, you know, I, I have to set my sights on that on that goal
0: yeah and and i think it's a big difference um talking about motivation because it's it's the reason why you do it it's the reason why you have a goal and the other thing is just entertainment while riding it's two different yeah. things but we'll talk yeah. about that later in detail what about your greatest achievements? i'll stick
1: to sports and cycling um and uh i have to go with uh, uh finishing ram 2015 and not just Getting not just finishing it, but um, uh, getting through the the lung issues that I had in Colorado, um, making it making it back uh, to the course from the um, from the hospital, um, which is something that uh, was both rare and and very difficult, and took a lot of work between the crew and I.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a great achievement, and I've been in Ram fifteen as well, and I've been struggling as well, and uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, I think what's maybe even more important is not um, the great achievements, but um, the failures, the very painful ones.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. You know, um, sticking to cycling because nothing comes to mind from 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 general life. Um, I think I think I deem it a failure whenever I'm not putting myself into staying healthy and writing. And, you know, I, I, due to various reasons, I haven't been, uh, I haven't been uh, riding nearly as much in the last four or five years. And it's not really a failure. Um, uh, I don't, I shouldn't see it that way, but it, it when you, when you go from the top, um, you know, that highest achievement, and then you're looking for that next thing, you know, um, I kind of felt like, I would have liked to have kind of stayed more consistent over the past years, but no, no single event, you know, or, or, or thing. I I don't, I don't think uh, I I see this thing, even when you don't succeed, I don't really see it as a, um, as failures. Mm,
0: Okay. Um, and now let's talk about the good things of, of our sport again. What do you love most about ultra cycling?
1: Well, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I think two two things, and it's kind of uh, opposite sides of, of the coin. One is the um, uh, the isolation and the time with yourself, um, and that's a lot on you know random events, or just going out on really long rides, um, or being out there um, in the middle of nowhere um, and just riding. The other is actually the camaraderie with the crew. So in the crewed events. Uh, it's so important as, as everyone says, and, and you know it's, it's kind of cliche at this point, but it's, it's very true that you surround yourself with your friends and you surround yourself with, with people that both care about your goal and care for you and everyone has a good time together if you put together the crew well. Um, and also the community itself is, is, I think the best group of people, like community that, that, um, that I'm involved in, in all aspects of my life. Um, so I think,
0: that's yeah, it's very nice. Very nice. That's true. And, uh, the last question of the introduction round is about your goals in the future.
1: Mm, that's a tough one. I mean, you know, I'll start, I'll start small and then go to the bigger one is one is just getting back and, and doing a race like any race, um, uh, starting to train seriously again. And then that will lead to the, the biggest future goal is, um, Uh, a better finish at ram then okay but uh,
0: but um you do not have a specific year or a specific time slot so just um try to get into riding again and then see what happens is that true
1: yeah well so racing this year um ram you know within the next few years if i can make it work i mean there's just so many pieces that have to come together to make that happen um and, and I had intended to do that in 16. And then I kind of toyed with it again in 18. And, um, you know, I, I need to make a solid plan. But I, I think it's reasonable to say within a few years that's doable.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for the introduction round. I know there was a little pressure on you with with the, uh, the, yeah, the timer. Those are, those are tough <laughs> ones. <laughs> but it, it, I hope it was fun for you. And... Yeah. It makes you
1: think quick. See that's harder. Yeah. The other, the other one, uh, uh, you know, you didn't ask my FTP or things that you can either just, <laughs> just work <blow it> out.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, um, we yeah. Can, we can also talk about that. But uh, I would like no. to ask you um, about your latest experience in riding because uh, if, a few days ago there was uh, that uh, virtual online racing, uh, the World Championships. Yes, and right. Have you been part of it or not, or only a little bit, or how was it going?
1: Yeah, well, um, so I I did do that race. um, uh, Somewhat, Um, it it was really odd timing. It was nine p.m. to nine a.m. You know, it seems it makes sense for a night start for a twenty-four hour. Um, Now, I'd never raced a twelve-hour, but starting at nine p.m. is pretty uh, difficult. Um, especially when the European contingent, um, is starting at like 6 AM. Um, but that aside, uh, it was just kind of an initial, um, you know, taste of the waters and, uh, I'd never done a 12 hour race. And so I set out, uh, riding as if I was actually doing it as a race, um, you know, not paying any attention to the fact that I don't have the fitness for the pace that I would ideally hold. Um, and so it lasted about, you know, half an hour, I actually hit something on the keyboard and, and uh, it crashed full gas. And then when I got back in, uh, you know, I was, uh, it started me at the beginning again. So this is one of the things with, uh, is one of the things with, uh, with these software platforms, you know, it's nothing like real racing. And I think it's a good training tool, but I, I, I can't see it as Uh, I don't know. I I know there's serious racing going on on Zwift, for instance, but it it doesn't really interest me that much. I mean, a lot of what I love is getting outside. I sit in front of computers all day for work, and um, uh, you know, I I, I really enjoy just the feel of the wind, um, being out there and going actual places. Um, So that's just a long-winded way of saying that uh, I managed about four hours. I ended up going to bed after a couple hours and uh, and woke up and wrote another two, which for me is a very long time on the trainer. I know it's a little bit uh, you know a standard, maybe even a, a shorter uh, 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 indoor trainer session for you. Um, for me that that was hard and my legs were definitely feeling it the next day. But you know, you, you have to start somewhere. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, for me, it's quite similar, so it's, it's just not it's just not really interesting me that much. Um, to do uh, virtual racing. Um, I also enjoy really my old school trainer. It's just a very simple one um, without any Bluetooth connection, without any Wi-Fi, oh, anything, <laughs> without yeah. even electricity. So it's, it will, uh, it is like, you cannot kill it. It, it, it lasted for 10 years. And I once had uh, a more modern wow. trainer and it, it was gone like after two years because I was, I don't know, right? you I mean, just wore it out. Riding too too hard or anything. Nice. So. nice. You broke it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like, I mean, it's not, yeah. I like that the simplicity simplicity of, of riding indoor sometimes, uh, especially when it's too cold outside. Yeah. But um, I'm not into it tool racing as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the benefit is you can just jump on it with so little uh, logistics, you just go on it and do whatever you have time for. Um but yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, I know a lot of people structure their training plans around it. The truth is in San Diego, I, I, there's rarely a day where it's not nice to ride. Um, it gets a little chilly in the mornings, um, but you can bundle up for that. It's not like it's snowing. Um, yeah, I, so, yeah,
0: you are definitely very lucky in your in your place. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know when when we've been riding together. Um, let me just mm-hmm. let me just show you um, some pictures of that um, because I was I was looking for them in my on my external hard disk uh, to get them to get them together. Um, we've been riding together um, in Borrego Springs. We have the the pictures here, and I'm not sure. Can you remember that day in detail? Because oh, uh, I exactly yeah. know what happened uh I actually yeah I think I remember your story also uh you know I can tell so
1: I mean I think I I ping you because I know I knew that you were uh doing your prep work in Borrego Springs and that's probably one of the reasons that I was doing that also um because this was before Race Across the West which at the time was just a gigantic deal for me um and I have a particular uh difficulty with heat um and uh, and that's the best way to combat that, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, and so I was uh, I. So th- this one did had we arranged or, or not? Now I don't actually remember. Um, uh,
0: no, I I can I can remember that uh, on that day we've we've met we had we we have been talking and and, and everything. Yeah. And then we went up the glass elevator, the, yeah. the very long ascent. And I was like really going hard and at high intensity. And it was like the final high intensity workout before the start of the race. And on that picture, I was a little ahead of you. But then I completely... Uh, you just cracked at some point, yeah, right? it was too hot. It was really tough. And then I was slowing down and, and you you catched me again. And then uh, like we did this picture. And then after that, I was like right we went- down again.
1: Yeah and yeah
0: yeah. Then in the evening, a few hours later when it was cooling down a little bit, I was I was like riding up the hill again. So I had a I had a good session. Well, evening, but I too, remember reading it about, it. I think crazy. you
1: updated that. I think you updated that, but also you were like you ended up coming down with like like in the dark or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went up no, the was... hill again again in the evening and yeah in that year, I, was, I knew that um, you have been very successful in, in other races like the Furnace Creek, which for mm-hmm. me is very famous and very special. I was reading a lot about it because... It That's is, cool. Uh, I
1: wouldn't know if it's, if it's known in, uh, in Europe.
0: I mean, it's, it's not super famous, but for me, you know, I like everything about ultra cycling and I'm very interested in different races and the Furnace yeah. Creek is so special because it's, it's, this going through Death Valley and it's really, I think one of the hottest races you can ever do. And I just knew that you have been winning that race a few years ago. Yeah. And I've just also... once, but <laughs> yeah. And I've, but you did it on a, on a fixed gear. Is it true?
1: yes yeah the the first year i had all these difficulties i um was off the bike for seven or eight hours uh on the top of one of the one of the first big climbs um town pass which is the 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 climb that goes into death valley um and even that was mile 200 um i was just a wreck i was puking i wasn't able to take down uh, food or water um and that was my kind of birth into ultra cycling Um, I eventually was able to like sip some water and and, uh, recover. And that year was the windiest or one of the windiest years. Even though the winners, Chris Ragsdale, I believe won that year. Um, He was going like five or six miles an hour and no one was uh, on flats. That was so windy. The following year I came back uh, um, knowing that I wasn't yet ready to be truly competitive. Um, I decided why don't make it interesting and do it on a fixed gear. So that was kind of what was behind that. It was actually a pretty um, difficult (laughs) experience. I think it was 41, 42 hours. And uh, it's actually the only time in ultra cycling that I've really kind of, I would say lost my mind Um, (laughs) in the sense that I was asked, I was asking my crew who they are. I was like feeling like something was wrong. I kept asking them if I was on the right bike. Uh, because I knew there was some special rule. In this case, it was that I was on a fixed gear. And I was like, I'm, I'm on the wrong bike. Like, they're going to say the whole thing doesn't count. It, it, these kind of weird, paranoid things, right? And it was really just just from the, from the sleep, I guess. Because this was going into a second night. Um, I, funny enough, it never happened to me on
0: RAM. So, so um, but... You're sure that it had nothing to do with with the choice of a, of a fixed gear bike? It was just happening in your mind because of sleep deprivation and everything? Or was there a connection with uh, doing it on a race bike or on a, on a fixed gear? I mean, uh, the reason I went,
1: uh, I lost it was likely because I was just severely dehydrated and lack of sleep. Um, I was in bad shape. I think it was that year that I finished, um, like... 20 pounds lighter than the start, 18 pounds, something really, really serious.
0: Um, ah, that's that's crazy. That's yeah. that's not good to lose so much weight. Uh, but there is one more thing I'm really interested in. Uh, when when I was watching the website of the the Furnace Creek, like it was called mm-hmm. a few years ago. In the meantime, the name has changed. I think now it's uh, Silver State 508. Is it true? Yeah, the, ra- the race has
1: moved. So um, due to so, I think this was in 2013. Uh, we had the government shutdown, and uh, they they had to reroute the race. They couldn't go through Death Valley. Um, when it came back, they had a new superintendent that didn't allow any uh, um, sporting events in the park. And since then, um, th- the Badwater uh, uh, ultra running race has has, has come back, but um, there still isn't you know, uh, an agreement worked out to be able to hold the race or it would be extremely expensive. I'm really interested in getting it back on that course because to me, there's something special about that route. Um, and, but since the race has moved to uh, uh, Nevada, it starts in, in Reno and it goes East uh, into Nevada. So it's still, it's desolate it's, uh, and, and it's pretty in its own way. It's just, it's not the same
0: race anymore. But um, when when I was watching the websites and looking for the results, because you know I was stalking you, uh, I wanted to know. Um, and really? he he's so fast, and he will be a competitor in Race Across America in the future. So I wanted to know everything oh, about you. But when I was watching the results of the race, I didn't understand who these people are because there are just funny names there, like um, mm-hmm. the totems.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Like animals or like like fantasy names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or- do you know what's the yeah. reason for this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that was, and I don't know who started it. So Chris Kostman who uh, ran the Furnace Creek 508 for some time, uh, he's since passed on uh, on the race to uh, um, uh, to Rob Panzero. But uh, he, I think he established that. I don't remember the story about where that came from. Uh, so uh, I know Kostman himself uh, was Gumby, and used Gumby in his race across America, like a big Gumby doll um, uh, when he did it, I think uh, when he was very young, 18. And so it was just kind of, a, it's something that each rider chooses their own totem. And so you go by that totem uh, instead of, you know, you race your race name. So Marco is Tweety Bird, for instance, uh, and, and I'm rock rabbit, which is some mountainous uh, uh, rodent.
0: Okay, I, I was guessing that you were the wild beast, or is wild beast racing something different you're using? Yeah, wildebeest is
1: is something else. Yeah, that was my wildebeest racing. Uh that comes from my uh, uh team ram experience with with team biosat. Uh, my my riding buddy metal um dubbed me wildebeest. I'm not quite sure why, because wildebeest are actually like uh uh herding animals that have very small legs. Um <laughs> I, I, it was supposed to mean that i was filthy and and large and beastly something like that uh, because that was the kind of uh, uh, place i took on the team um but yeah somehow it stuck this is so
0: yeah okay but um yeah i w- i would like to to talk a little bit about the race across america now of course because um it was very difficult one in 2015 but but you had you had quite a good preparation because you have been on an eight-person team before mm-hmm. and especially with uh, like a superb performance you, had, you did a track record in the eight-person yeah. division at the time yes um and i think it was helpful for you that you had been th- doing road racing in the years before yeah
1: that- um yeah the higher intensity racing you mean um like crits in, in road races
0: or do you mean on the same route um no especially because because when you do it in an eight person team um you mm-hmm. are just for a few minutes or maybe half an hour or maybe one hour with very high intensity and then you can rest and you do it a few times yeah. per day so it's like you as a road racer from years before uh it's definitely the best thing you can yeah. ride short and ride very hard
1: it was a very good bridge to the, the more traditional racing and the ultra racing. Cause I'd done both at that point. Um, so I loved it. I had a blast. Uh, yeah. It's basically just like uh, individual time trials and then you recover, but you don't ever fully recover, but you still are able to just like get as much food and, and, and fluids in as, as you can stomach and then go out really hard and then actually eventually sleep. Um, that makes it so much fun, because you can go so fast. Um, so yeah, I, I love team racing and that's another aspect to ultra, um, cycling that, uh, I think is, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say overlooked cause I know a lot of, uh, a lot of events actually, um, are viable, uh, for the directors because of, um, all the people that can come in and do the, the team events. I mean, I, I think we don't, or at least for those of us interested in solo, it seems to take a different, you know, it, it's it's seen as kind of a different thing entirely but it's it's so much fun i know i know you've done some team racing uh, also right is that is that the kind of experience you have
0: yeah it was for me it was also very very fun and and very um very tough also because uh, riding on that high intensity is is really is, is not so easy when you when you do not do it so often but uh I did a two-person team in race around Austria and I did a four-person team in race around Austria. Um, the strange thing was in the two-person team, I've never seen uh, my, the other guy I was riding yes. with. because Yeah, that's because the way he, the 2X works. Yes, you're yeah, switching yeah. and and he's going into the follow vehicle. You're going onto the track and there is no time to talk to each other. You're talking to your crew, but never to yes. you, the other rider. That's, that's, that's yeah. quite funny. And in the four-person team, it was... A bit more relaxed there was more time to sleep and more time to yeah to organize yourself.
1: Yeah yeah and then a person uh, is is so much different. I think even than four, I mean four is still a little bit starts to get ultra and I, Aust- the Austria race is like very long, right? I think it's pretty long like 3,000 kilometers or something.
0: Um, the race around Austria is quite half of race across America. It's like half okay. time, half distance, but the same okay. climbing. So it's really a lot of climbing. In yeah, uh, and like all the distance. all the Alps
1: passes and stuff like this. Uh, yeah, and much. More I definitely would like to do it. Someday. Climbing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Because when you um, compare Rocky Mountain climbings and Alps climbings, it's a big difference. The Rockies are they are much higher, which can also lead to Problems, as we both know, with the high altitude, yeah. but they are not steep. They are long, but not steep. And the, and the Alps, they're really like tight curves in the downhills and in the uphills, right. like grades of ten to fifteen percent, and it's really tough when you have to do it at the end of a race.
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: you must be crawling. Mm. Yeah, and the the
1: one thing about Ram is, despite you know, except for some of the sta- sections at the end, and the climbing is very tame uh, and it's really just about continuing to lay down power. Um, the, the grades, and I think, I, I guess maybe the, uh, European races are different. Um, I, I'd like to hear about that, but yeah, the, the climbing overall, I thought is kind of over, I think it's overemphasized by people talking about Ram. Um, there is a lot of climbing, especially early on. That's kind of tough. And especially with that new section out of Camp Verde, uh, in Arizona, that's, kind of rough um but to me i was surprised by how a little it mattered directly um
0: yeah i, I don't I, know I, what's your thoughts I, mean, I think it's the problem in with the climbing in ram is i, I really think the high altitude and the difference in yeah. temperature yeah. the difference in in you have wet air, you have dry air, you have it's very hot, it's very cold, all the things they really matter, but the climbing itself is not it's not a big problem. Maybe maybe just those changes at the end, they're really steep and they're really tough. They are very I felt so good at
1: that point in my (laughs) race that that uh that I just I just ate up those hills, um, which was fun. And and I do remember just going back to the team, um uh we came uh, across you in 2012 in Pennsylvania, I guess it would have been right after uh, the Cumberland to Hancock stage. Um, there's a there's another climb that comes up there, and really, you look like you were ha- you look like you were just having a terrible time. Like you looked like you were <laughs> suffering so hard. Except, I, so when I was up, I was so stoked. I'm like, oh my god, you know, we passed Strasser, like you know, uh, that I just went s- like extra hard. Almost, but when I passed you, like the
0: crew so and have, the have my, you have you been the guy overtaking me? Yes, yes. Oh, I was oh the guy God. overtaking you. <laughs> that's that's. Do you, really do you remember fun. this at all? Yes. Do, do you I, remember? I know uh, exactly. I can remember exactly. I mean, not you as a person, but just the situation because it was <clears throat> my spirit was really down because I knew yeah, that I could uh, see. I cannot win that race anymore. Because Redo had it, right? Reda Schoch was about two hours in front and and it was just very, only a few miles to the finish left. So I knew that yeah. um, no chance to win anymore. And um, in that year, we had the start of the solos on Tuesday. And I think the start of the teams was on Friday? Saturday, maybe.
1: Saturday, probably. It was a weekend, Saturday or Sunday
0: yep okay and we finished five days
1: five you probably finished nine days something right so four days
0: um no maybe maybe it was different Uh, the solo started on wednesday a few years ago and now it's on tuesday Mm. i'm not sure but there was a change between there is one day more difference between solo and team start so in the years after that after 2012 no no one catches me. So you have been, uh, <laughs> you have been the, the last, oh, cause then you
1: started doing no seven days and me. change too. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Then you, then you started breaking eight hours and that's not, yeah, that's too hard, <laughs> but yes. yes
0: uh... in the years to so come, when, I've when? always been in the finish before the teams reached the finish. So I can remember uh, that, like it was yesterday. And I was thinking, how can a human being be so fast in that, in that just shit, steep Appalachian uphills and it was you <laughs> i didn't know it yeah
1: well what 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 happened though is i went i was just completely burying myself to pass you because i was i was just stoked uh and this was our last day i guess it would have been um so we were just you know pouring everything out uh, and at that time you actually had something i'm like in solo you just give what you can um, but then my my uh follow driver was like hey you're gonna need to go harder or else Christoph is going to come back and we're going to need to get out from behind you. I'm like, oh, please, no. I have to like hold it. And I could see because the climb was, it was a fairly long climb. I, I, I remember barely this thing that kind of like goes down a valley and then it goes up uh, a kind of an extended climb. It's one of the longer sections of climb remaining. Um, and I was like, just make it to the top of this thing, please. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, that was a that was a memorable memorable time. And I, I could tell that you were really suffering.
0: Yeah, I think but he, your your crew was just making fun of you because it was just impossible that I come back. But <laughs> it was maybe yeah, a joke yeah. to, to motivate you. After you did race across the West, um, and it was very successful, of course. Um, then you moved on from uh, a second place in race across west and then you did race across america solo in 2015 Mm -hmm. and when we watched these pictures um i know that you had a good start and then you had massive problems Uh, we can just see Mm -hmm. here that um, you had suffered so much and i think you and i had some kind of the same problem it was yeah i altitude it was like uh lung problems and and everything so but of course yeah and i that yeah. you you made it to the finish line finally you had a obviously you had a great team and you can see the team spirit in that pictures and the support of your group yeah. which is great and then you made it to the finish line while i did not make it to the finish line but what was happening what do you think? What was the reason for yeah. struggling? Well, so, so
1: actually that's one of the reasons um, why I've been hesitant to really go full into RAM, even though in 16, I you know, I had planned it. I always had this doubt in the back of my mind is if I put all these things together, you know, the, the, the finances, the sponsors, the crew, all this stuff, and then something like this happens again, I felt so out of my control because Every, there's so many unknowns in RAM. A large part of what made it like a feasible problem for me was to kind of break it down and say, okay, I understand how to do this. What are we going to do in this situation? What are we going to do in this situation? I didn't have anything in the, in the, uh, in the playbook for this. So basically, I mean, it, it was so hot that year. I, mean, I think it was one of the hottest years. I, do you remember it as that? I mean, it was definitely hotter than normal.
0: Um, yes, it's true. I've been talking uh, with in, with other riders as well, and everybody says that uh, 2015 was maybe the hottest year in the last decade of RAM.
1: Yeah, um, and so you know, I had mentioned that like, heat is a particular uh, challenge for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm heavier than than some riders. Uh, I I sweat a lot, so when I'm heat ad- adapted, I can sweat a lot but that's upwards of uh, you know two liters an hour. And that's a heck of a lot of fluids to intake. And I think that when you start taking in that much fluid, like you have other things that might get out of balance or out of whack. Um, I had really, it was only in the last few years before doing RAM that I had figured this out. I was actually involved in uh, some studies at UCSD um, uh uh some sports physiology studies that studied um, sweat rates and stuff like this it was very useful for me to to be able to know more about the dehydration um but so i was i was using that strategy i was i was drinking a lot of fluids i'd slowed down um in in utah you know i was actually feeling okay but it stayed being hot and then as i climbed out of cortez um i just started feeling awful in fact, I felt something weird in my lungs. Um, I think that they had started filling a little with fluid, um, and so it was a combination of all of a sudden going from ninety to one hundred degrees, to it wasn't even that cold—maybe sixty, low sixties, upper fifties—in um, into the evening, uh, uh, cresting the the hill before Durango, um, and I was swollen, and my I was losing my power. Um, you know, and th- it's when things started getting real, uh, it really kind of seemed, even though it was super hot, we were managing pretty much everything until that point. And it almost seemed like, oh, you know, this is, this is just, uh, just working out too well. And then that quickly came to an end. Um, but basically we, we had, had a pulse oximeter because um, I was worried about my uh, reactions to altitude because I know that sometimes I have problems, sometimes I don't. Um, I was reading very low, uh, on the, the oxygen saturation, um, after a couple hours in Durango, there was this frustrating, I think I was third or fourth place on the road, um, at that point, And it felt like everything was great. And then just all of a sudden I had no legs. Um, uh, Dave Haas, uh, passed me, uh, in that time uh, after Durango, when I started up again, and I just, I was I was just not able to do anything, and it wasn't food because I, I I tried to eat, but uh, but it, it was really just that my oxygen levels were so low. Um, uh,
0: and they had, yeah. let me let me just say something. Um, I knew that I'm sure that you have been one of the of the strongest riders in the in the field that year, but that's not enough. I mean. Um, Race Across America is so, so many things to manage and everything yeah. must be perfect. And if you're not healthy and if there, if you have a, a problem in your body, um, you cannot perform at your, at your level, you would do otherwise. And, and yeah. we're
1: pushing to find those limits and and you do find those limits. If they're, if they're there, if you, if you have any of those weaknesses, it's likely that they're going to be exposed on a race as long as Ram, um, so, I mean, that's, that's what we found. Um, so uh, we went to the hospital at that point um, and basically said, you know, you, uh, your race is over. Um, and I did not want to accept that. I thought maybe it was true, but I was like, well, let's talk it out because I, despite being, you know, uh, uh, not feeling great on the bike. I mean, I was okay. It wasn't like I was, uh, you know, mentally, um, I I didn't feel too bad about it except for the fact that I knew it was a big deal and I was concerned for my health as were my crew. Um, But uh, the doctor, the the ER doctor there uh, happened to be a high altitude mountaineer himself. And so he, you know, walked us through the options. the the standard uh high altitude and and you probably have looked into this also the the standard uh medications to help deal with high altitude are actually uh uh, not allowed under uh uh, under doping rules um diamox and other things like this but it's actually i think it's for other reasons for like uh uh, I don't know if it's for masking or something, but in any case, it it's, wasn't an option to take. Yeah, it's
0: not, yeah. it's not increasing your performance, but it's still not allowed. And, and, uh, during a race, a lot of medicines are not allowed just, just yep. because of the rules. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so in any case, the, the the standard treatment that the doctor wanted to give is not on the table for me. Um, and so, uh, really the, and, and the other thing you're supposed to do is drive to lower elevation and it's hundreds of miles in any direction from, uh, Pagosa Springs to anywhere lower it's ve- it's a very long way so we're like okay that's not an option the only other option is to wait it out um, and since my goal was just to finish and I had gotten you know I had enough spare time and that's what that was my one hope as I was like well um, we can just uh, we can just wait and see there's no sense in calling a DNF at this point because we're all here you know we'll just see what happens and the doctors like okayed 36 hours off the bike. Um, and so that's what we did. And it was very weird, uh, to have this weird, uh, a break in the middle. And so, you know, we're just hanging out, eating, resting, you know, in the hotel room. It was very strange knowing that the race is, you know, but basically the race is about 36 hours long at that point. So by the time I started, um, on, on the following Sunday, uh, the last racer had just passed, and I actually uh, passed her back uh, just a few miles after starting. So it, I had gone from you know the front to the back, um, but I was just happy to ride again. And so it was just really, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. W- w- what about the focus? Because I think when you when you have to stop for one and a half day, you is it possible to re-enter like? state of mind that you're in a race or are you just like keep on riding and take it easy and let's finish this or i you, have you been or uh, still in that race focus afterwards
1: yeah and i mean i wasn't starting out to win i was starting out with the mindset of you know do everything right stay within yourself and get to the finish line and so that all still held that was all still the same case um The difference was now I have, now it's like stay even easier because you don't know what your body's going to do. And and we had an additional um, uh, limit of needing to keep my blood oxygenation at a certain level. And so I would take, as I climbed up Wolf Creek, which was pretty close after, uh, you know, just a handful of miles after I started again. Um, And I think this picture behind me is from right before Wolf Creek uh uh in any case I, I i like this one
0: um yes i we, have we... i have this picture also here in the in the in the gallery um, it's yeah and I yeah and that's I, and that's Wolf
1: Creek to the left
0: for sure. Yeah and I'm quite nerdy. I <laughs> I've done race across America 9 times and I know all the places and and all the pictures which places they belong to. You can know and, it almost <laughs> immediately, right? Yes, yeah, so and this is definitely uh, a little bit before Wolf Creek Basia on the on the plateau yeah. of Bogosa Springs. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I can yeah, my mindset was was pretty so you, you mentioned focus. I mean, that's exactly what it was. It's like, I knew I had a razor edge to be able to get over those mountains because I didn't know how my, I didn't know if I could, but that was the only thing I could focus on. And it was so hard to go slow enough to not, uh, you know, have serious difficulty because I, I could feel it. Like my head wasn't quite right. Um, uh, and, you know, I would get off every 10 or 15 minutes. We would take the pulse box, um, you know, check the measurement, allow myself to like, Regroup a little bit, so it was very slow going um, through those passes, but we we got through it, and and I slowly started to get better.
0: So. Yeah, it's it's for me it's like a, a déjà vu because uh, I was like going through the same in that race, uh, but uh, we did not stop. Um, we we continued racing, and uh, my doctor and my crew and me, we have been hoping for um, that it will get better after leaving the Rocky mountains, going down to Kansas, but uh, it it didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't really get better just for a few hours, but then it got worse again. And um, yeah, the problem for me was that I was really going for the win for the victory. And I knew that this is not possible anymore. And, and what I also thought of was my future, because if I continue racing, if I continue to race it, Maybe I can slow down or maybe take one or two days off like you did. But uh, I thought, okay, I have a choice. I can finish race across America, maybe, or maybe not. I'm not sure. But if I want to finish, I have to stop for one or two days. The other choice was quit the race, definitely stay healthy and do the race around Austria two months later. And uh, if I continue in RAM, there is no option of doing race around Austria two months later, right. because then I'm it's done for much. the rest of the year. Right. And so in, right. in in my case, I was like, my priority was having maybe a good race at, at the end of the year. And of course, staying healthy, because nobody can, can tell you for sure that there is maybe not right. a, a long term problem for your lungs if you continue.
1: Um, and and I was still worried about that. And yeah, it was the different goal. And that's exactly what I imagined: is that uh, you had a totally different goal than I did, and that gave me the luxury of of being able to take that time. Um,
0: and, and and I also had that long time thinking because I knew I could I could do RAM next year and next year again. And I have already yeah. some 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 victories uh, in my pocket, so it's not necessary to do it in that year if. If everything went wrong, I just, um, yeah. quit the race f- for that reason. But- do you
1: think? Do you think that? Ha- were was was there anything that you could have done, or have you thought about that? Like earlier, maybe taken, maybe gone way easier. Like as you went into the Rockies, like uh, how how was your experience over those mountains? Because you were you were going to end just a few days later with like pneumonia or something, right? Like it was pretty severe at that point. Um, yeah were you able to ride? were you riding near your level normally or were you already severely compromised uh, by by the Rockies
0: nah uh, in that year everything went wrong with me like like with you because it was so hot in the beginning um, yeah. after the race we did a lot of we did a lot of analysis and we tried to find the error and we tried to get the best learning out of it for the future and yeah. we are quite sure that one of the reasons was the heat in the beginning, so I was drinking and drinking and drinking. Yeah. But I was drinking too much, and um, that's the other thing: you can dehydrate or you can overhydrate, yeah. and both is is a terrible thing for your body. And yeah. the problem with overhydration is, I also drank um, just plain water with no salts or no electrolytes in it, and um, your electrolyte balance was probably off. Yeah. Yes. My electrolyte balance was was not okay anymore and then there were there was water everywhere in my body like i was swelling i was gaining weight and at some point there will be water even in your lungs and then you have the problem with lung edema especially when you enter the mountains Um, that's what i was developing yeah yes and and if you if you don't get rid of that which is very difficult because of the high altitude and you're not allowed to take the medicine um, then yeah. a pneumonia can happen very fast because water in your in your lungs is the best place for bacteria to to grow and that was yeah. that was my story and the learning for the future was uh, um, taking care of the electrolyte balance um, and since since that year I I'm not allowed to drink as much as I want when I do ram on the first one or two days when it's very hot when when mm. you ride through the desert. So there is like fluid restriction, only maximum one liter per hour, batteries 800 milliliters per hour, and not more. And um, a lot of cooling from outside. So cold water, um, ice everywhere in your body where it's possible. And yeah, if it's If the cooling from outside is not working, then you have to slow down. There is no other option because riding fast and drinking more is leading to to the worst that can happen.
1: Because I mean, the thing that made it harder for me, and I'm sure that I drank, uh, whether I drank too much or whether it was the the out of balance electrolytes, um, I was intaking that to address the issues that I'd had for 10 years in ultra cycling was certainly being dehydrated. And, and not drinking enough. So now I'm confronted with a scenario where it's likely that I, I drink too much. But every single other race where I had problems was almost always as a, a function of not drinking enough. So it, it's tricky. And it just goes to show how complex um, executing a race like this is. Uh, you, you you run from one problem into another problem, right? Um and, yeah. and, and there's really I mean, I don't know if there's any right answer then for, for a year like twenty fifteen. Um it, that that was that was difficult.
0: And, and you and I we have been like uh discussing that for a few times and also some chatting <laughs> um yeah. about the pacing strategy in RAM. Maybe yes. it would be yes. better to to have a slower start and, and not start with that high intensity. Um yes. I'm not, I mean, I have my idea, which works for me, but I think there is no right or wrong. It's depending on what you want to achieve on how good your body is trained and how much intensity you can, you can take in the training. Yeah. But of course I'm very competitive and I really like uh, the competition and going for, for the, for the best possible result. And when you are in the lead, you have definitely a better state of mind and a better spirit mm-hmm. than uh, when you're just in in a in a position maybe fourth, it's probably six an place individual thing though. Of yeah. course depending I know you're, on your you're, goal.
1: But but even if your goal is to win, like for me, it also makes you a little bit nervous. So if you're in the lead, then you only want to preserve that lead. And you'll be if some guy's back there, then you'll be a little bit uh, you know, it raises that anxiety level. At least it does for me. Whereas if you're like, okay, for instance, when, when uh, you passed me, I think on, uh, uh, the climb up to the shoulder of Palomar before Lake Henshaw, and you must've been putting out, you know, near 350 Watts or something, because, uh, I was trying to cap at like 250 or something like this. Right. Um, and then you passed and then Dave Haas, uh, and then Alberto Blanco, I think, uh, you know, it looked like a road race to me. like you know, and I was like, these guys are crazy. Um, to me, I was like, of course, I was having a you know I had a different goal. Um, but I think even if I wanted to do my fastest race, knowing that in the end, like one fifty to one sixty watts is like pretty reasonable for the end of ram, like that is that is fast enough to get a very good time. Um, I'm just thinking, Hmm, maybe it doesn't make sense to go out too high of intensity i I know my body can't really deal with it that well i'm good at the short intense stuff but then my body is spent right so if i'm going for more than like five hours like i actually really need to dial it back um so uh, i'd be interested in this so you know in 2015 maybe like imagine if you had gone out at 200 watts and just done that instead of um much higher than I know you did for the first 48 hours or so, or I, I'm not sure when you started having problems. Um, do
0: you think yeah. it could have been different? I th- I, I'm quite sure it could have been different, but but especially in that year, because uh, because my, my health was a big problem. Um, I think when um, when I stay healthy, and when there is not a problem with the hydration and, and uh, the temperature, yeah. like in the years before, like 2014, I did the same strategy and it was working out perfect. So, right. um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to say. It's I think when, when you train high intensity and you're like moving in your power zone, not, not too high, of course, but, but you, my thinking is you can go... Um, as fast as possible, as long as you do not destroy yourself, and then yeah. in the end you will not, um, you will not be more tired than when you start out very slow. Because um, when you start out faster, you have that that spirit, which that extra motivation. Right. And,
1: and just the physiological ability. I find that yes. By the end of Ram, you just you, you your muscles can only give so much. And it might be true that if you did 300 or 200 watts for the first day, it doesn't matter what your what day eight looks like for your legs. Day I don't eight
0: know. In every case, day eight will be terrible. Day eight will be difficult, even if you started out very yeah. slow, and you will you will also get however tired if you head. if it you take 36 hours time. off in Colorado. If you take
1: 36 hours off in Colorado, I think you feel much better at the end. Uh, that That is that is one benefit. I, I don't think you, you don't know what that quite is like. Um, but I think that was one reason why I had a, a better time than most people do as far as like being able to enjoy. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I passed a lot of racers in the middle of the country and I tried to encourage them. I was, I was a little bit bummed at how. Hard of a time, so many people were having. Of course, everyone knows it's going to be hard, but but really thinking negatively, because for me, it's just it's the the whole idea of being out there racing Ram, like actually riding your bike across the country, is, is almost magical to me. And I know that everyone who was out there doing it solo, it it has that power for them too, or else they wouldn't have, they wouldn't be there. So, um, you know, there were people that were totally stressed about making the Missouri cutoff. Um, uh, or, uh, or the Mississippi River cutoff I mean um, or just like just hating the experience I was like uh, that uh, that was too bad because if anything like that's that's the most important goal for me was to actually have it be some sort of a meaningful experience and I know some people it doesn't work out that way for them um, so in, in any case.
0: Yeah, it's it's very the spirit of, of our sport is really exciting, and also the camaraderie um along the road. I really yeah. like that. Yeah, like you, it's it's yep. really fascinating. Um, and I think in, in your situation, uh, because you are very strong in your from of your fitness level, and you had that uh, problems with your health, then you had to stop for half one and a half day. So you have been in a much better condition on the second half of the race than a lot of other races. So I think you could enjoy it a little bit more than, than some of the others.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I was expecting it to be much worse. The only suffering for me at the end of Ram was the fact that it was raining. Um, and I know, I think for pretty much everyone, when it turns out that your end of race is rainy, then it's just a really puts a, puts a, a wet blanket on it. Um, because, I was worried about my safety last night, you know, uh, and when I was in Ohio, they're like, oh yeah, it's probably going to be raining for most of the rest of the ride. Um, and that just really kind of was disheartening. And I mean, it yeah. was raining when I finished even, it was like, come on, like, you know, uh,
0: <laughs> the pictures from, from you and on the finish line, uh, you always have to rain jacket it on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we wasted time on doing stuff. Like, I, I don't know how much you ride in the rain normally for training. You probably have your, uh, your setup totally, uh, dialed, but we tried stuff like the plastic bags and, 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 you know, and tried it, my feet were getting wet. And, and I really should have just given up long before I And mean, we wasted like an hour and a half trying to get me like to stay dry. And there's no solution. If it's raining all day, like you're going to get wet. But yeah,
0: anyways, um, for, um, <laughs> in, in my case, it's, it's in the training, um, A lot of years ago, I was training outdoors every day and I was doing it in every weather when it was hot, when it was cold, when it was raining. Didn't matter. I was riding outside every time. But now I really enjoy um, the comfort of my home trainer in the winter and also in the summertime when it's raining hard because uh, I do not like cleaning my bike. I do not like washing my clothes. I do not like the rain. And for for the progress of training... Doesn't make mm-hmm. any difference if you do it outside or inside. So, Is it? Uh, I, I'd,
1: I'd, I'd want, yeah, I'd be curious.
0: So you can you can get
1: just as good quality of training. I mean, I know that ideally the trainer c- c- allows you to control a lot more and, and get really high quality training. But it's always hard for me, at least, to motivate to to actually execute those rides in the same yeah. way that I can
0: put myself out uh, outside. Of course, but but to be honest, the experience definitely is, is better when you do it outside, when you're in a great landscape. Oh, yeah. But but when you, like in my case, I'm training for um, 17, 18 years now, and I know all the places here <laughs> in my environment. Right. And, and right. so it's like riding outside. It's still the same every day because... Uh, when you're on a training camp or or in a different country, it ever, it's really exciting. But doing your home-based training rides every day and you, you have like a few different yeah. routes, but you know all of them, it also gets boring outside. So I prefer um, the indoor trainer, watching TV, listening to music or something when it's when it's bad weather. And the quality of training, I just I'm measuring my power outputs, my watts. Um, Mm -hmm. I do not have a smart trainer, so I use the shifters from the bar and I can do everything, all the intervals, all the cadence, um, high cadence, low cadence, everything. So I really like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing I like about the smart trainer is you can actually force it, uh, you know, you can force the Watts for your workout. So you don't actually have to manage it like, uh, and, and, and do it independently. And so that, that can make you do stuff. And I haven't used this near as much as I'd like to,
0: you
1: know, but if you want to do those intervals.
0: Yeah. A few minutes ago, you asked me about riding in the rain in Ram. And, um, in my last Ram I did in 2019, it was raining from halfway point to the finish all the way. And it was really terrible. And the fun thing is it was really frustrating in the Mm -hmm. first day it was, yeah, I was really in a very bad mud and, I didn't smile. I didn't laugh. I was just like frustrated all the time. But then um, because I was thinking I want to do Ram in eight days and I want to do it as fast as possible. And I made some pressure um, for myself. But um, then when I, I could accept that the weather forecast is very, very bad and, and it will keep on raining until the finish of the race. And um, then from one moment to the other, it was easier for me because I, yeah. I didn't fight anymore to be as fast yeah. as possible. I mean, of course I went, I rode fast, but I didn't care about the time anymore. I just took it easy. I was thinking to myself, okay, when it's raining, you cannot be under eight days. It's impossible so let's just make the best out of it and have some fun and enjoy the race and uh, it was really one of my most emotional finishes and i was really happy and lucky when i reached annapolis and like in the year before i did it in eight days and one hour and i was (laughs) in the first moment oh you you felt
1: yeah you you felt disappointed
0: in the first moments i was disappointed because it was just that one single hour i i didn't make it for one hour and it was it wasn't it It took me a few hours or maybe maybe one night of sleep to to be happy on the next day and relax and enjoy, but the first emotion was not so good. That's so writing- so nineteen rain.
1: was emotional. So was it because of how difficult that was? like wh- why was it so emotional?
0: Yes, yes, because it was so difficult and it also was um like, yeah, six win was very special. It was like the the long time mm-hmm. record. Of fury robich was five wins and i was oh right stopped. so you had
1: you had been tied until that race
0: okay yeah, yeah and i was thinking of my my whole lifetime experience as a cyclist you know you think back you started when you were like 20 years old and you had big dreams and you wanted to ram one day and then you had the first win and and then uh There was the the record with under eight days, which was on a shorter route than it was now. So it's, I think on the actual route, it's not possible to do it in seven days and 15 hours. Yeah. And then all the experiences with your crew and and all the crew became so great friends and and you, you meet different other riders and so many great people. And then you can win the race for six times it's just incredible and that was really emotional and also i knew that i will not do it in the next year so it was like um i don't think it was the okay. last frame okay. i ever did but i knew that in the in the next years to come i will not do it so it was like yeah. the perfect so it
1: kind of closed it closed that chapter for you in a sense you you, you closed. you got your sixth win and yeah then you're it's... able
0: to like experience the whole like
1: entirety of that you know yeah, it's uh, not that's that's, so... that's great
0: the chapter is not closed forever, but at least for right,
1: there could be another chapter. This is the, the <laughs> yeah, chapter. yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, and, and to a much lesser degree, that you know, I think I experienced some of some of that. Uh, obviously, not winning or winning six times, but the completion of that ram really does bring, you know, you have those life flashing before your eyes moments. But it's 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 it, it does bring into perspective, like everything that you had been journeying for everything that you've been working towards mm, um, and that's, that's back true. to those importance of those goals it's like um, one thing that you know you, you you learn just in the way people operate is you always have to have a goal to work for um, and so that's the challenge after ram but but when you are completing that goal it's it's such a meaningful i mean at least for me it was just it was just massively emotional um, uh, uh, and it, it really does make you think of every little step that you took that, that, that got you there. And none of those steps was a misstep enough to prevent you from achieving that. Uh, there's yeah, so yeah, rolling down, you know, rolling down those last uh, uh, miles in Maryland, um, it was just it's such a even though it was pouring rain, um, it was it was a very special special experience
0: okay. yeah did it did it have a, an impact on your on your future life like um on your like self-consciousness or um well you know i try on your sleeping habits on your routine yeah. or anything or did life just go on as yeah. before
1: well there's several things that it did do um uh my my wife annabelle um I actually married her a few months after uh, finishing Ram and she was on my crew. And in fact, she crewed uh, my second 508, the fixed gear one, just uh, a week or two after we started dating. Um, and that, that actually, it kind of spurred me uh, to, to uh, uh, you know, for us just to finally, we'd been together for five or six years uh, at that time, right? But, uh, but you know, that was, uh, it was kind of spurred me to you know um propose uh you know to actually to actually get married so so i, I think that was kind of like okay you know you know she sticks through this crazy ram thing <laughs> you know all that stuff so that was kind of like all right just
0: she get it to done the perfect <laughs> <woman>. <laughs> yeah this is this is
1: this is you. She, she's a keeper right um you know and, and i think after that i it, i did fall into that kind of what next you know, motivational kind of gap. And I, my job is incredibly um, you know, stressful, or it was very stressful to me at the time and, and, and very um, high intensity and very demanding. Um, and so I kind of got, you know, into that. And um, we got a house and, you know, I was buried in my job. And, and, and so then I kind of fell away from the uh, cycling discipline you know, I mean, I still rode, but but it, I think it, it, my my energy wasn't there, um, and you know, I I did struggle with uh, uh, with I guess you would say mental health issues um, after that, and I think actually this is I think a lot of people go into ultra cycling, you know, because of something they feel like they're missing or or um, because of various issues because it gives you that that kind of um, a framework, and it allows you to have some kind of a powerful goal when things might not make sense, or you you, you need you're, you feel like you're missing something. Um, uh, and I, I I tried to remind myself, and in some of the you know materials and some of the videos that we've made, uh, that's the one thing that I would want people to to take away from it. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but you know um, you can do amazing things if you just put if you just work towards it right and then i i ho- constantly tried to remind myself hey you did ram like you can do that this. this is no big deal this is just this little thing it's not so simple though you know you, you you have that you have that passion for one thing and you can do that one goal and it doesn't make anything else any easier i mean i may maybe so so yeah i don't i don't know i don't think i don't know how much it helped those struggles maybe maybe it maybe it did um a little bit but it's not a straight it's not like oh, okay and I'd want to hear your thoughts on this series. Oh yeah, I did Ram now and now uh, there's not a difficulty in the world, you know, I mean, anything
0: can, anything can be done. Yeah, so I if think only it only was so easy, right? Yeah, my thoughts are quite similar because some people think that people who did Ram um like they are superhumans and they are motivated right. in everything they do, or they can achieve everything they want to do. Um, that's right. not true because we are just ordinary people like everybody else. But we have that special passion for that special thing. And and if you have um, such a big passion for something and you enjoy, like riding your bike so much as we do, then you can achieve extraordinary things on your bike. It yeah. does not mean that you can achieve extraordinary things everywhere in yeah. life because uh, I have a lot of things I do not like to do and where I have no motivation and and uh, I'm not sure why I should do it and, and what is the sense about doing something. But but in cycling, everything makes sense and everything is, I love it. I also love the tough yeah. training and and, uh, and the tough situations in RAM when you know you have your crew helping you through these tough situations um yeah and where your passion is there you can do that great things but so yeah and i, I think, think it's, i think, yeah it's
1: about finding that passion
0: yes and know, for and many finding people that it's, talent it's yeah. difficult to to find their the thing they really like to do a lot of people do not to never find it in their whole lifetime and some other people yeah. find it quite early. And, and I was lucky that I found my passion for cycling quite early in, in life. And I'm not sure if it will last forever, but but until now, it, it does. And, and I hope the future, maybe there comes one day when the, the passion is gone and I, I need to do something else. Let's see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so has, has your passion and interest for ultra cycling has it continued like as a steady state or even increasing? Cause I mean, for, for me, and I think this is probably because, you know, I have a, a, a career outside of cycling, you know, I have other things in my life. It's, it's very cyclical. It's, it, you know, I, it, 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 went way down after Ram and I think that's common, but you know, it's, it, 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 it never reached that peak again. Um, and I'm trying and I'm trying to find it. Cause once I get out, it, it's the same old thing. You know, I love riding. Um, but it's, it's not something that I've been able to maintain, but like you said, you, you've been riding for so many years, um, with consistently, you know, world-class performances. Like how, how does that motivation work for you? Like, do, do you go through these ups and downs?
0: Yes, of course I have ups and downs. And especially after, um, having a successful year, I have to look for new goals in the future who make sense to right. me. And, um, but there is one big difference because, um, I was making a living out from cycling. So I have all yeah. those things around it. Um, I, I also have a lot of other things to do. Like we have an online shop, we are selling, uh, cycling stuff and I do online, um, sorry, not online, but keynote speeches. Some of them are online yeah. at the moment, but, um, yeah. doing lectures and, and trying to to talk to people and and give them inspiration and motivation is a lot of things to do and I also want to improve in that in that other like jobs Um, but everything in my life is related to cycling but it's not Mm -hmm. only cycling so I think because all the relations from cycling and and all the other things I do in my life it's it's like a, a good package to keep me motivated and so, when, so, when you since, see that, yeah. Um, yeah, the sponsors are happy with your with you and and your performance.
1: It's reinforcing.
0: Yes, it's and a lot of so, people so, so. are really happy when when they when they listen to to a to a speech or a presentation and afterwards they say, "Hey, thank you, you gave me inspiration. Now I have found my goal, what I want to do in the future for myself, yeah. and that's really cool, even for me." Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. So do you? I think the, the challenge, or maybe I've seen uh, turning it into a career, which I think is very difficult in something like ultra cycling. Um, does it risk turning into to to, to um, uh, lowering that passion? You know, since since it's not something you're you're just doing out of the love of it, you're you're actually having to do all the nitty gritty business yes. stuff. Yes. Does that ever take away? I mean, or or are you able to separate the joy of riding? from uh, from you know the day-to-day work that it is to make a living out of
0: it. yeah, it's 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 difficult and it's from time to time it changes. Um, in the last month there was less work to do around cycling so I could focus more on training and I uh, enjoy training more because of the of the lockdown stuff and everything. Um, I had more mm-hmm. time to just train and relax and that was a moment when I found out that, just riding the bike is really the best thing and and all the work around is it's necessary to make a living yeah. from it but it's not really the big fun but yeah I can manage and, and in my case my partner my my girlfriend Sabina is, is also involved in our like two-person company so I know that what I do and, and what I was building up in the last years with our shop and, and all that stuff around it um, is like a Uh, we two people can make a living out of it so it's not only for myself it's also uh, for the two of us and that's really yeah increasing that um, that level of fun and that I like to do what I do awesome
1: yeah that's that's rare to be able to uh, and
0: chasing the passion and habits of yeah and i i was always thinking that most of us have have the dream of being very uh, successful and making a career and, and doing it professional but but then i understood that a lot of us um, just like it as a hobby because there is not so much pressure then and when it's just a yeah. hobby and and your ordinary life is is not in in trouble when when you are like dnf or you Cannot do a, a good race or a bad result or something. Um, it's much easier to, yeah, to to keep relaxed because when yeah. everything is depending on you being successful, it's it's quite tricky sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So for me, as a hobby, I mean, it's it's a very uh, it's an important outlet outside of work uh, as kind of a stress relief as one and also something to have a goal that's not just focused only on work. Um, and the downside to that is not being able to structure my time around training and being as healthy as I can and doing everything I need to get a, a race in line. I mean, I, that's okay. If something like RAM, for 500 mile races, that's no problem at all. For, for something like RAM, I mean, it's very difficult. Um, it really should be almost like a full-time job between the training and the logistics uh, to, to do RAM. So it's, I kind of saw it as having like two full-time jobs. Uh, and so I was, I, it was uh, it was something that I was proud of that I could make that work um, because it's, I, you know, I, and I don't actually know what the stats probably, because there's a lot of actually maybe retired people doing RAM. Maybe fifty percent, or would you say more have like normal full-time jobs? Ram solos. I don't actually know.
0: Um, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I yeah, think at least so. at least
1: half, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and I think the, that's that's another challenge. Um, but I don't think I would want to do. Uh, we did a little bit of the sponsorship stuff and 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 had some good relationships there, but it really is a lot of work. And then you, I, I didn't really like feeling um beholden to you know have, having to make sure that they get their product or money's worth it was a, st- a stressor right and, and so I certainly would want those kind of things um, in the future, but it's really um it's it's really something that if you can actually support yourself outside somehow and are fortunate enough to be able to afford all these uh, expenses, um, yeah, I, 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 I thought you and Franz had a, had a good uh, uh, discussion on that. Um, Right, yeah, just true. kind of the, the the challenge of the of, of the sport, mm-hmm. and, and you know, in our industry, there's just really not that much money or support. I mean, it's just it, it's 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 dry out there, and a lot of bike companies don't have much um, extra funds, and so you're looking for other companies. And in the U.S., people don't care nearly as much about this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. so happy that um, that sport is very popular here in Austria. It's really. Yeah. Really cool, yeah. And maybe that's the reason why I entered it because otherwise I would never have known that there is such a race like, like Furnace Creek or Ram or or all that. Right. Race. Well, you
1: and Franz both uh, followed uh, Wolfgang Fashing, right? Like as as kind of an entry into being interested in ultra cycling. True.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. And also Yuri Robic from Slovenia and and all that. That. Uh, very successful riders have been from that area, from Central Europe. It's like yeah. a, it's like a big bubble of ultra cycling. Also, India is quite is is on the rise. And a lot of Indians are doing it. Yeah, a lot of, yeah, I think that's from great. From Denmark, so let's see what what the future brings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But but one thing I I wanted we wanted to talk about, and then I think we should like. Um, make it to our finish line because the interview is yes already yes this doesn't up. need
1: to be an endurance event to listen to, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, how can some riders do so many races and other do yeah. like only a few races but on a higher level um yes i think you never had that that interest in doing a lot of races did you
1: uh, I think when I first started, so when I first started riding, it was like all double centuries, which, it, which is, those are pretty taxing as you travel. I mean, I did one like sometimes successive weekends. Um, when I started the 500s, uh, it was like a huge thing. Uh, the first one, the next year I did ones back to back, like the hoodoo and the 508, which which some people thought was a lot, but then nothing else during the rest of the year, Um these things are taxing i like to prepare a lot for them i don't have the desire to do it all the time because it's just it's it's enough for me to say okay i'm planning on that for this year um and so i i prefer to train or go on really long rides i i can go on plenty of very long rides the race is something different um yeah
0: uh, w- one of our um I would say legends of the sport is Valeria Zamboni. Yes. Um, and he does so many races, even- Like his, almost every race,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, the but, race but on, yes. his
0: age is, is, is not our age. He's a little bit, he has a little yeah. bit more years, uh, but he's like a phenomenon. He's doing every race, every few weeks, he's doing a very long race. And um, it's like an extreme example of doing as many races as possible. And um, I think I'm in the middle. I'm doing like yeah. race across America and race around Austria, maybe in one year, and maybe a third one. And which then could some be record like attempts, 24 record hours attempts or and something. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, but this yeah. is maximum three events in a year on a high level. That's for me, it's possible. But I couldn't do like four, five, six events in one year. That I, right. I could finish it, but but not on a good level. And yeah, other people that just pick one race prepare for one or two years just to have their peak performance in that one race. And it's, yeah, it's like everything is possible. It, it's depending on, on what you prefer and what your goal is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, uh, especially if you're also juggling the job, I mean, it's, re- it's just not realistic to be able to do um, more than say a RAM. I mean, that's already like, pushing it um but yeah i i i'll start with just one (laughs) we'll we'll see about for this year i hope that you know i hope that the races that i want to do are still going to be held um i know that's i was actually toying with doing some of the the uh, 24 hours um that were held january february and uh, all of them are canceled at this point um so so we'll see what what this year holds
0: yeah it will be a special year of course, but, um, I think, um, summertime and maybe, um, autumn and the second half of the year, I'm very positive that. Yes. races Things will turn happen. around. Happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Having a, um, a look into the future. Uh, let's, let's do the, the last questions of, of our session today. Uh, okay. Are you going to write tomorrow? <laughs> Or maybe uh, yeah today, I, the afternoon i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna ride today i'm making a commitment here uh, uh you know it's too easy to like you know put it off it's a work day and in fact i have to jump to work right now um but yeah i'm gonna ride today i'm actually gonna use the indoor trainer probably because i won't get to to ride till it start
0: but perfect um and um what about your bicycle maintenance uh How would you rate yourself from one to 10? Are you a great mechanic or just a poor one like Um, so many other riders? uh,
1: I put a huge amount of effort into doing various things, tinkering with my bikes. Um, Now, I'm not the best mechanic, but I try to do everything. And I think my setups on Ram, for instance, and pretty much for all my racing are... um, Uh, you know I build them from frames generally and it's it saves a lot of money uh, but it also like I am constantly tinkering with things but that also that also has a a challenge um of really wasting training time like I I might be a couple hours late to get out riding because the crank is you know I'm fiddling with getting a bottom bracket creek out or something you know um, or building up a, a wheel because, you know, I broke a spoke because I didn't tension it properly or something. Um, but I, I, I do take, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy doing that work myself um, and uh, and getting to know the bike and, and building the bike and, and, you know, changing the components and getting something that works well. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm an engineer at work and I think that I, I do enjoy this kind of uh, uh, um, just kind
0: of yeah, I think this is this getting... is the key. If you if you like, um, yeah. if you enjoy that work, then of course you will be a good mechanic. But, um, so you will be more ten, maybe eight, nine, or ten, or something.
1: But a ten would imply that I'm really good at it, and I probably <laughs> am not. Um, uh, you know, I get made fun of for having things break, and I think I'm just hard on components, also. Um, but yeah, I definitely put in, I put in a a nine or 10 effort wise, at least.
0: That's, that's good. I think that's, that's one of the best, uh, rankings of all our guests until today. Um, and is there anybody you want to nominate for a future episode who should be uh, one of our guests? Oh, man. Upcoming episodes. Oh, um.
1: There's a lot of people that 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 come to mind. Um, you know, most most uh, recent. RAM, oh no, I guess all of these guys are doing Ram a lot. You know, uh, uh, Michael Conti is a, a a great guy who has a, a great story. Um, uh, I I don't know if you're familiar with uh, his story from Ram um, 2016 and
0: 18 but I, I just know he, that he had a great race and a great finish and a great result. And, um, yeah, I was like, not knowing him before in, the race, but then he was on yeah. the podium, I think. And, uh, yeah. yeah so it's, and but that, that was
1: after coming back from his, uh, crew car being, um, piled into by a semi in 2016. Um, and yeah. then he came back in 2018 and did well.
0: Um, we will but, yeah, reach he, out for him and, and invite him. It's a very good thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah and it's, yeah so he was uh he's he's crewed several of my races and he's been a you know part part of the part of the uh, uh right. experience and and done very well both both winning raw the year after I did I think um
0: uh and then and then having the the ram experience so yeah. Okay um Thank you very much for taking your time. Thank you for being uh, here with us. And uh, I wish you just uh, a great day f- for your working, for your job today and for riding in the afternoon and, and that you um, keep your spirits high and keep, motiv- keep motivated for future races. Yep. And yep. I hope I to see you again, maybe in Borrego Springs on the glass elevator <laughs> or maybe yeah. anywhere else on the road
1: race racer race across austria race around austria right maybe 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 there you
0: have to do it it's it's very it's it's beautiful you have so i, I, I might need some help. landscapes but <laughs> yes. it's it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy no no oh, very good it was great chatting with you this so. yeah thank you so much and yeah have a great day yeah you too i really enjoyed this conversation i hope you like it as well until next episode keep spinning ultra